to Outwit Outplay Out Pod, the podcast where fire takes represent your life. I'm Isaac. I'm Kayla. And we're here to talk about Survivor Season 45, Episode 6, I'm Not Batman, I'm the Canadian. Kayla, the tribe has spoken, but we have not. What is your fire take from this week's episode? My fire take from this week's episode is that, do you have a guess? Whoa, do I have a guess? (laughs) No, but I feel like I should. What's up? No, I just, this is in the realm of something that I feel like you might pick out. Um, Is it something about eggplant parmesan at Merge Feast? You know, I knew you were going to say that. I shouldn't have even given you the space to input on my fire take. My fire take of the week is that they should have left Bruce's eye, Bruce's idol on the island. That would have been so much funnier to have an entire season where someone has to navigate without their vote. Like, and I don't want any advantage or anything to like be able to restore it or if so I want someone else to hold it and have to give it to Bruce but I think that would have been an amazing plot twist to have someone do Survivor without their vote so funny extra funny because it's Bruce and he thinks he's a celebrity I should have pegged your fire take as some something that Bruce would make Bruce unhappy (laughs) I do have relevant information to that fire take from Jeff Probst himself maybe now is the right time to interject with it share it So a listener wrote into the On Fire podcast and asked this very question. What if Bruce had not been able to find the idol before he went to the other beach? Would he still have lost his vote? What would would the deal have happened? Anyway, Jeff says, yada, 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 fine print on the note, et cetera, et cetera. Bruce would have lost his vote for for this tribal council. But he would have had it after the next one because there's some language about like, oh, boo. Yeah, I I don't even know what he said. But apparently (laughs) I also had that thought, like, were the stakes of Bruce finding that idol, both finding an idol and like potentially not having his vote for some indeterminate amount of time. But yeah, I think what you suggest is far more fun. My fire take this week is one that listeners of previous seasons will recall and it's going to be my fire take every time we have a not merge episode which is earn your merge is really dumb and here are four reasons why not One, four you lose the dramatic impact of drop your buffs you are merged we never get that satisfying moment in time which is so so iconic a part of survivor Limbo, which Jeff tries to market to us as some sort of like dramatically interesting state, is not actually good TV. We're just in an indeterminate space in which it's not clear to us what the boundaries of the game are. Uh, You get, due to this weird grouping of a tribe who is quote unquote not merged, you get very arbitrary safety at tribal council that's just based on luck of the draw. It's not based on tribes that have formed any kind of chemistry or have a group dynamic. It's just luck. That doesn't feel very fair to me. And then you got (laughs) half of the people at the merge feast. Like, how is it even a merge feast? It's not everyone's merged. You have half of the cast is merged, half the but the the others are not merged. But how is that even possible? If they're not merged, then how can everyone be merged? I just think I I really I feel like this is a very lonely take. I have not seen anyone on the Reddits who is annoyed by this. I just think that the earn the merge stuff is really, really dumb and I don't want it anymore. Thank you for sharing with the group. Um, do you think this might be a situation of like the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away? So like we do not have the merge anymore, but yeah. 
we get the survivor credits back. Do you think it's like, hey, you get one piece of nostalgia, you pick? Yeah, I mean, if I have to make the trade, I probably would take it. And like, the problem with my take, especially this episode, is this was the best episode of the season easily. So it's not like it ruined the That's what I'm saying. So I'm like... I do think the merch feast should happen after because I do think everyone should get to eat. It's like a good bonding experience. And also, some folks look like they're about to fall out. So they need to be. Coming up on the pod, we are going to break down this week's episode, gavel in another edition of Mock Tribal, and in honor of the not-so-much-emerge, Kayla and I will share our predictions for who will be voted out when the rest of the season, and ultimately, who will win Season 45 of Survivor. Listeners of the pod will recall that I absolutely wiped the floor with Kayla last year (laughs) in an embarrassing victory by a huge margin. Uh, but we're going to play again. Let's see what, what Kayla has in her back pocket here. But, but before we dive into all of that and the recap, Kayla, I wanted to get a quick excitement check from you. What did you think about this episode and the course we've set for the rest of the season? This episode, they bodied this one. <laughs> like in the, in the editing room, I wonder if they were like, this is some of our best work. Like we should go home change head to Fridays marks on us because (laughs) like what an amazing episode and I think it was made better by the fact that I am really enjoying Caleb as a character and so to see Caleb win and we'll talk about this and everyone else just being like you know what yeah you ate that like (laughs) there's nothing we can do this was amazing was just perfect we got so much personality out of the characters and also this is my favorite challenge and I listened to the pod we did last year um this is not merch madness people will be getting merch madness next week but the pod we did last year at the merge not merge um the challenge involved one of those giant um like balls again that they had to climb atop and I was just absolutely tickled by seeing everyone being able to move that. And this year, I felt they were so effective with how they got atop the ball. And we could talk about that more. But I was like, this is amazing. This has the physicality. It has the social. It has the personality. It has the panache. I loved it. It had everything. I agree. It was a great challenge. Well, we're going to dive into all of that. I completely agree. Like, And also, I was like, where did this come from? Like, this episode was so good. Like, good in the course of, like, if you look back a couple seasons, like, probably belongs in, like, a top five since the new era, I would probably say. Um, And, boy, they did not lay the groundwork for it being a necessarily good episode. But I am glad we are at the merge. And, yeah, with that, why don't we dive into the recap? So... Beginning at Bello, Kendra is maintaining a cool exterior after her buddy Brando got voted out, but is quietly plotting revenge against Emily for turning on her. At Lulu, as we mentioned, Bruce finds the beware advantage while searching with Caleb, Kelly, and Jake. He's then digging in the shelter looking for the idol when a powerboat pulls up to the beach and he finds it right before they have to hop aboard. Then Lulu and Bello boat their way to the Reba camp, and since I can't call it the Merge Beach, we'll just call it a beach party for now. So at the beach party, we get the jolt of adrenaline season 45 needed all along. 
Caleb sees that his Padawan, Emily, has come into her own. Kendra is emotionally eating food. Sifu gives us his best salt bay. Bruce bosses up on shelter building. It's all happening. Emily and Bruce squash their beef, but not really. And Austin gets Julian D up to speed on his amulet. Bruce is feeling ignored and neglected, so naturally that becomes everyone's problem, including the ever-so-charming Caleb's. Kayla, what did you think about the way these tribes came together and did not merge? I really enjoyed how they approached. It didn't seem at all like they were sticking with their pre-tribes, and I think we get a lot of, like, Actually, this might be a myth, but we always have a lot of people saying, oh, we're going to be this strong or going to be that strong. But if you look at the new era of Survivor, there really isn't a lot of that. The exception being the purple team last year, our three musketeers. I don't know what their real tribe name was anymore. Tika. But I think the only reason that actually worked is because they had no numbers And so, like, the idea of them being Tika strong was a little irrelevant because it's, like, you have to build coalitions anyway. But whenever you have big tribes coming in, it never actually happens. And all you do is have a bunch of people being, like, we're going to be this strong. And it's, like, no, you're not. And everyone just came on the beach and was, like, vibey. And it was great. What did you think? Yeah, I was, yeah, totally. I, I was like, like burst of energy, like right away. Like, I'm like, great. It's going to be a completely different game now. I do think that the early tribe swap helped with these tribal divisions not being so clear in people's minds. And so I think what, now that we've gotten to the merge, it feels like a brand new game. Like there are not obvious boundaries. I think there's interesting groups, some from the same tribe, some cross tribe, but we'll just have like a lot of sort of like mini centers of power and i think it'll make for a much more interesting strategic game from this point so i'm loving it i'm loving the energy energy shift here i do want to mention the so the idol that bruce finds like it was so much easier to find than every other beware advantage it was just everyone else's yeah and so already yeah you're right it's because of the timing sabaya had found hers and she had all the complicated journey stuff I guess when they replace that idol, they're like, time-wise, it's not realistic. They're going to be able to compete, complete something of that complexity. So they just gave it a like one step type situation. And Bruce was the lucky benefactor. I do. I will say this idol is more like Austin's idol, where the thing you had to do was really like in front of the face of your tribe, because there's yeah. always someone in the shelter so, like, yeah. it did force collaboration again, which I do like. Which, yeah, and props to Jake for the I lost my ring bit. I thought he pulled that, that off That was really terrible. Well. You liked that? Aaron I and I, I were did. both like, what's wrong with him? <laughs> I think it worked. If I mean, if you have no context on what he's covering for, like, I don't think it raised Katora's suspicions at all. You could have just been like, hey, do you want to go find some coconuts? Like, you could have had another fake idol hunt where it's like, okay, everyone, like, we're gonna... Yeah. There was just a million other things you could have done. Instead, he was like, "Ah, I'm gonna fake dig in the dirt. Like, I don't know. I would have thought that was weird. (laughs) Also, like, let's reflect once again on just how isolated Katura is. Like, everyone just sort of, like, takes for granted and agrees. We're, like, we're all going to keep this from her. I'm just, like, what? I don't get it. It was so mean, and I... 
I think she's on a silly goofy tribe and I don't think she's silly goofy. And I think it's hard to hide that you're not silly goofy when you're hungry and hot. Like I think after a while the antics are just not hitting and you're just like soft smile. <laughs> Quite right. I think that is a great way to sum up where Katura is right now. Um, all right. Well, before we move on to the next part of the episode, I want to do a quick advantage state of play so we can track everything that is going on heading into this not merge. So as we just discussed, Bruce now has a hidden immunity idol usable until the final five. Kelly has one piece of the amulet. Uh, at this point, obviously, Jay had an amulet, but we know what happens to her later in this episode. Austin has both a hidden immunity idol and an amulet. And Drew has a safety without power. I really needed this. I think the producers should do this, but you're doing their work. Good job. Also, do you feel there are more hidden immunity idols floating around than usual? I kind of feel like there are. I feel like everyone like found or I guess no one at Bello ever found an idol. Bruce is a former Bello, but he didn't find one until. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of advantages, advantages around. Um, and this doesn't even account for the fact that we already had some played. We had Sabayak try to sacrifice her vote to make her idol more powerful. We had um, Drew or Austin use Drew's goodwill advantage already. And people have been using idol like doing things like sacrificing their vote to make idols more powerful. So yeah, it's felt like a heavy advantage season. And honestly, I'm here for it, except for the amulet. The amulet's too much, but everything else is good. Amulet's still bad. All right, part two of the recap here. So at the immunity challenge, Jeff asked the castaways how it feels to be in a state of limbo, literally in between stages of the game. Maybe I'll call this not merge situation Probst Purgatory. Jeff really seems All to right. relish it. <laughs> then the castaways divide into two tribes of six. Katura is the odd one out, and she decides to bet on the blue tribe. After a very epic mud crawling, sandbag stacking, puzzle solving, word scramble challenge, the blue team wins, earning them a merge feast and immunity at Tribal Council. That means either Caleb, Jay, Jake, Kelly, Dee, or Emily will be going home. At the Sanctuary Merge Feast, the politics kick off. Sifu throws out Jay's name, still thinking she wrote his name down, incorrectly of course, but Kendra and Bruce both identify Caleb as a social game threat, so he's on the chopping block too. Kayla, you mentioned you were a big fan of this challenge. Uh, what did you like about it? I love this challenge. Okay, let's break it down. So first they have those little ropes, which Katora, as soon as she saw the ropes, should have immediately picked blue team, which she did. But once again, this is a challenge for men and larger people, because I believe if you are a little person, you are going to get eaten up by those ropes every time. Like we've seen it every season. But the thing I did, I thought this time that they did most effectively was that stupid ball. Because what people do is they have whoever the strongest person is hoist up all the other members. But then sometimes that person who did the hoisting is not also the most athletic person. So they cannot really hoist themselves. And then you have all of the smallest people trying to like drag their ass up this ball and it doesn't work. <laughs> it's hysterical. But this was actually so effective this time because I don't even remember which tribe it was, but they had the, I think it was actually 
whatever tribe um the tall girl who needed to eat is on. What's her name? Uh the tall Kendra. girl who needed to eat, Kendra. Yes, right. <laughs> Kendra. So they were they put the small people up first, great. But then they put Kendra up, which is genius because she's so long. And then they took the biggest person up and then they had the most athletic person grab on to Kendra because she was so long and use it as like a pulley. And I was like, this is genius. Everyone should remember this. You send the biggest person up somewhere in the middle and then let the tallest person and the most athletic person duke it out. Genius. Um, the puzzles, wow. I'll let you comment on the puzzles. I'll, I'll give it to you. What did you think about I, the puzzles? I, I, I do like the two-part puzzle. I like the puzzle as a clue for a word scramble. I thought it was like a little bit. I, I also like word scrambles and Survivor are like a goofy thing that I just love Survivor to do. And they're always like, fire <laughs> represents your life. And Jeff is like, say it, say it. <laughs> and I just feel like. Jeff gets so so much joy from it that like far be it from me to deny him the simple pleasures of being a survivor host. So yes, I thought this you- challenge was amazing. I thought like the drone work sort of like trailer for it at the beginning was particularly stunning. Um, they really killed it. And finally, we didn't get a challenge that was like a huge blowout. So it kind of brought me back as someone who's not usually a big challenge fan. It kind of brought me back, reminding me of how good survivor challenges can be. I would say CBS is really eating with this because we've also been watching this season of Amazing Race and Amazing Race got into the habit of having some really blowout challenges, but so many of them this season have been neck and neck and people running up to the mat at the same time. So I think there's some kind of like macro feedback going on at CBS to be like, make this more competitive. You have 90 minutes, like let's really get the people going. I didn't know you were tuning into The Amazing Race. Are you, are you just back-to-back watching Survivor and The Amazing Race? No, I watched Survivor in real time, and then I watched The Amazing Race over the weekend. But I was OG Amazing Race. Like, oh. as long as people have been watching Survivor, I've been watching The Amazing Race. Like, I used to think I could go on that show, and now I know that's also untrue. <laughs> what reality show can you go on what reality show are you like ready ready for um the price is right easy oh my gosh let me get on the conditioning air conditioning are you kidding me did i tell you the other day i guessed my trader joe's um the price of my shopping cart within a dollar a dollar i think get me on like I'm amazing. What show would you go on? Survivor. Absolutely <laughs> oh. Survivor. What? Don't ugh oh, me. What about you, listeners? Weigh in. Survivor of the Price is Right. I feel like I have the right audience for this question. Okay, folks. With that, why don't we gavel in another edition of Mock Tribal? If you don't already know, Mock Tribal is when your typically agreeable hosts spit fire and spare no feelings as we disagree on a survivor subject of some controversy. Kayla, what's on the docket this week? On the docket, should survivors throw out a name at rewards or keep their silence and eat their dinner? (laughs) Yeah. So, of course, here we have folks go to the much-beloved sanctuary where good things happen 
to eat a little bit. And we have right off the bat, Sifu throwing out Jay and then Kendra and Bruce throwing out Caleb pretty hard. I have to say, um, well, Caleb, why don't I let you stake out your view first? I feel like I'm always given the opening argument. Where, where do you fall on this question? I, as a castaway, do not think you should throw out a name because you're at the greatest, there are no relationships at all. So I feel the most obvious path forward would be for someone to go back to camp and be like, oh, so-and-so is talking shit. Like, all you want to know in these first couple minutes is who's a chatty Kathy. Like, didn't miss a beat waiting to talk about somebody. And I'm having my eyes on that person immediately. Now, as a viewer, obviously throw a name out. But what do you think? I th- I think that... I think that is actually not a terrible idea to throw out a name. I think in this new era of Survivor, I think in this new era of Survivor, people like play hard from the get and it's like not as quite as off-putting to your fellow castmates to just like launch in with strategy talk. I think the sweet spot is be like the second or third person to throw out a name, but don't miss out on the opportunity to shift the direction of the game. Because I will say, like at that merge, at, at this merge feast, they say Caleb and Jay. Those are the two people they put out there and lo and behold, Caleb and Jay were the only people who were really considered for the mm, that's entirety a good point. of the episode. So clearly there is power in that paradigm when you like set the tone with two people early. And, you know, I don't think it's actually going to blow back on Bruce, Kendra, or Sifu. The fact that they kind of initiated these ideas, I think, you know, everyone's fine with it. So back at the beach party, the folks in Loserville reunite with the merged castaways. Interestingly, both groups seem to identify the same candidates to vote out that very evening. Emily tips Caleb off that his name is out there, and Caleb desperately tries to shift the votes toward Jay. But it seems pretty clear that one of these two will shortly have their fire extinguished. At Tribal Council, we learn about office hours, which seems to be the code name for like talking strategy at camp among these castaways. <laughs> And we learn a little about the voices in Kendra's head. I feel like she was not joking, if I'm honest. Earlier, Bruce apparently asked Katura how to spell her name. Classic. But the real fireworks come when the endangered Caleb throws out Jay's name, identifying the three Reba women as a threat to be reckoned with. Jay and Dee fire back, and later, Caleb yells Jay's name as he steps up to the voting booth. <laughs> Austin sacrifices his vote, giving him an immunity idol that's good until the final five, and Caleb sacrifices his, deciding to play his shot in the dark, which gives him a one in six chance at safety. Jeff unrolls that tiny little scroll, heroically maintaining a straight face and reveals that Caleb is safe. Hallelujah. All 10 votes were cast for Caleb, and all 10 votes are invalidated. During some live tribal madness, Jay is pushing Emily's name, and in the re-vote, Jay votes for Emily, but everyone else votes Jay, and Jay goes home. Kayla, what did you think about this absolutely bonkers sequence here at Tribal Council? My goodness. It was amazing. It was so perfect. It, like... (laughs) You couldn't have asked for you. This is what the producers were thinking when yes. they came up with the shot in the dark idea, except it has not been able to manifest for several seasons, but yep. this is the moment. And I feel like we're going to get shot in the dark for the rest of time because now they're 
going to have a proof point that when it works, it works. And so you got to keep it in. And Caleb, such a sympathetic character. I loved it. I will say the part that was confusing was when they had to revote. The way Jeff was speaking, it kind of made me momentarily think that the shot in the dark was not going to carry over to that second vote because he was like, you can't use a shot in the dark on a revote, which I just thought was a weird way to phrase it. Um, But it was perfect. Like, I don't think he needed to shout Jay's name at the voting booth. That was crazy. He was wrong for that. But otherwise, well, what did you think? Let's talk about the shouting Jay. I mean, kind of maybe cover for the fact that he wasn't actually voting because he was using his shot in the dark, maybe. I mean, maybe there's some strategy behind that choice. She squealed. She squealed. Yeah, yeah, fair. Um, So I thought I'd give some some history on the shot in the dark. So obviously this is a new era survivor invention. Um, To this point, before Caleb, it had only been successful one in nine times, despite the one in six odds of the shot in the dark. And the one time it worked, that person didn't actually get votes on their name. Like they didn't need it. So this is the first time it worked with actually dramatic stakes. And to your point, the producers, I mean, they were dreaming of this. A fan favorite gets a unanimous, all the unanimous votes on his name, and he gets that one. And, and there's no one better than Caleb to react. Yes! To that but, like, <laughs> I've seen a lot of people on Reddit, like, who are taking screenshots of when everyone reacted to his shot in the dark being successful. And it's just a fun picture to look at. Like everyone is like losing their mind, except Drew. Drew is kind of just looking bored. I don't know why, but like Sifu is going crazy. And what I loved is like when everyone's doing the live tribal and like panicking and like, who are we going to vote for? Sifu is just like, has his arm around Caleb. And he was like, that was crazy. And it, it made me kind of like Sifu. Cause he's just like, he's just here for it. Sifu, by the he's way, I thought this here. Sifu is like, the Energizer Bunny and the Incredible Hulk had a baby. Like, he is just <laughs> so much energy all the time. And, like, he's doing, like, early in the episode, he's doing, like, the Yu-Gi-Oh! whatever, like, Powerball move. Yeah. He's having the rain. Like, <laughs> I was like, haven't Sifu's seen that since 2005. It. Yeah. <laughs> he is bringing it. it. But yeah. Jay looked absolutely devastated during this. But the part that I thought that was interesting is that she tried to rally people around. Ugh, and I was... Yeah. I I get it, but also I don't get it because I'm like, you know you were next up. What about this makes you think you have the clout to you gotta make try. anything happen right now? <laughs> Do you? You gotta try. You don't lay down. It's, it's Survivor. You don't lay down. I, mean- I would have like gotten with Caleb and been like, me, Caleb, and Emily are now like a voting block. Okay. Sure. And then seeing what I could do with that information. Fair. Yeah. I think in those live tribal situations, what everyone's looking for is just like, what is the vote so I can be sure it's not me? And it was totally the case that Jay's name was going around all day. So I really think she didn't have a hope. I do feel like it's a little bit, I don't know. Is it unfair that they don't allow you to use shot in the dark on a revote? Just because like she was desi- denied the lifeline that Caleb had access to and not really for any miscalculation that she made except i guess i'm a little surprised no one threw a vote on anyone else i mean someone could have gone home i love that they situation. didn't split the vote i love that I mean, they didn't it works i hate it works for the, the drama <laughs> it works for the drama but like splitting it's so annoying been, 
Well, and what about this? Is anyone counting these votes? Because if you counted the votes, you would have known that someone sacrificed their vote, aka Austin, in order to get their immunity item more powerful. That would be a lot to ask. I don't think I'd be counting votes in that situation. I would not be counting the votes. Also, that's yeah. just not my strong suit. I would miscount and then have that fuel a conspiracy theory based on my miscount. Yeah, but things are going He's quite grimacing because well. he knows it's true. <laughs> yeah, I know. Things are going quite well for Austin, though, at this stage. He ends up, because of this, of this, of the shot in the dark that Caleb pulls off, he votes out someone with an amulet. So now he has a steal a vote in his pocket, one step closer to make it, to having another, yet another immunity idol. So Austin, boy, moving on up. Anything else to say about this tribal, this episode, before we dive into some predictions, Kayla? No, let's go for it. this is a perfect it. place to go into our predictions. Let's do our rankings. Okay, I think that we go... So there are 12 people now left in the game, and I think we just trade them off. Why, and why don't, Kayla, you list your 12 first, and, and we'll just go back and forth here with a quick explanation as to why. I'm so nervous. Last year, I went completely based on vibes, and this year I did too because I still don't have any more information, but in my mind, it's more logical. Anyway, I'll just jump into it. In the 12 spot, I have Sifu. Why do I have Sifu? Um, I feel like his name was already kind of thrown out there, and I don't think he'll be, like, that impressive in the individual immunity challenges, honestly. Fair enough. In the 12th spot, I have Caleb. I feel like it'll be kind of a no! boring outcome. It'll be a boring outcome, but I just feel like it's the logical thing to do. He's now done something kind of impressive. I mean, mostly lucky, but, like, he's still so clearly a threat. Like, the fundamentals have not changed. I think Caleb has to go home next episode. You think he's not about to be eating these immunity challenges, though? Come on. He could. That's X Factor, 100%. But there's a lot of challenge threats in the game. He's not the only one, but he's up there. He's up there. All right. Who do you have at number 11, Kayla? Bruce. This is fueled by the fact that he's annoying, and I think they're all going to be annoyed with him very quickly, and I don't think he's smart enough to effectively use his immunity idol. I'm so sorry, Bruce, if you ever listen to this podcast. <laughs> I also have Bruce at number 11 for the same reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Kayla, who do you have at number 10? <laughs> Kelly. Um, Whoa. This one was just like, they're not going to want, at some moment, we're going to have like a women panic as we do. Like, they're going to be like, there are too many women. We must get rid of one. And they're going to pick the one who's the strongest, and that's Kelly. So this is just predictive of men panicking men gonna panic okay i am gonna say i have sifu at number 10 uh, i think that he's annoyed some people enough and i think that after a lulu and a bello go people will gravitate towards sending a reba home and i think sifu will be on the chopping block he now doesn't have jay as cover um okay but let's go to our number nines here kayla who came in at number nine Drew, um, I feel like someone remarked the other day that he's not feeling well and is running out of steam. Um, so unless he gets some good meals in him soon, I think he'll be weak at the challenges. And there was that like Austin Drew thing happening, but I can see in this new part of Survivor, them wanting to either one, break up Drew and Austin, or two, Austin just being like, 
I've won a couple of immunity challenges and I need to kind of just go with the flow here to lay low. So unfortunately, Drew, you have to go. Yeah, funnily enough, I also have Drew in my number nine spot. I think um, <gasps> maybe I'll win this season. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of on similar tracks here. Uh, I think it's going to be because people will catch on to the Drew, Austin, Julie, D power four. And I think they'll want to pick mm. someone off. I think they'll go Drew. Maybe word will get around that Austin has an idol or something. But this is, I mean, this is a risky one because they need to completely blindside him because Drew will have the sa- has the safety without pa- power as of now. So he can peace out of tribal and be safe. So um, we'll see. I, this kind of depends on them picking up the scent of the Drew, Austin, Julie, the power couple, power four early enough. Um, okay, why don't I give my number eight next? We'll switch up the order here. Uh, at number Great. eight, I have Mr. Jake. And uh, not mm. to uh, be that male stereotyping, but I do think <laughs> at this point, according to my calculations, you will have had four men go home. And I think the women are going to look around and be like, yo, we can do a thing. We you can know. do a thing! <laughs> People have all sorts of things in common and work together for all sorts of reasons. Sometimes it's gender. Sometimes it's many other traits. I don't know. I think that there are some women who could who could run the table on in this. And so I think Jake may be a casualty to exactly that. Interesting. This is where I have Caleb. Um, I think he'll be able to basically bootstrap his way till this point. But the second there's any cracks in the armor they're gonna vote him out so i think it'll be at this nice middle point i could see it okay next up going home i have kendra i think at this point so at this point according to uh my rank my predictions here the only male left will be austin i think that austin will be quite a challenge threat i think he's got his idol uh maybe he's already played his idol by this point i don't know to prolong his life in the game but i think that of the sort of six women who I'm imagining are going to form an alliance, Kendra is going to be on the outs. Her big personality, the astrology of it all. Uh, I see Kendra going home in that spot. What do you think, Kayla? I'm taking out Emily because without Caleb, I'm not sure she'll know how to act. Um, and I just think they're a pair. So, and the people see it. People are going to get hip to it. And they need each other. Well, mm, Caleb doesn't really need Emily. But I do think Emily needs Caleb. And without hey, him, she's gone. Caleb needed Emily this episode. She tipped him off. You know what? Caleb did need Emily this episode. And it gave us some of the best television of the week. So there thank you, you so much, Emily. Let me not slander you. Thank you so much. She's back on Emily, folks. I knew it would happen. All right. Number six. I have Mr. Austin. I think we're going to get sort of like a classic survivor fighting for his life situation with Austin. And we'll all be like, he tried so valiantly, but ultimately he will fall. Who do you have, Kayla? In the number, what number are we on? Six? Six, yeah. I have Julie. Julie. I just don't think this is when they start just like hacking people to hack. And I don't think her relationships are going to be as strong um, with the remaining folks. So she's got to go. Sorry, Julie. Yep. In this spot, I have Emily. I think to this point in the game, she'll have been sort of an easy number for people, but won't have built the sort of depth of relationships as the people around her. 
I think that she'll have learned a lot from her survivor experience and I'll be, you know, applauding her as she makes her way out of tribal council. Okay. In this spot, I have D. This is really misinformed or like not informed on anything. Really, it's just because I voted Julie out before and I'm like, well, if Julie's gone, then her partner's got to go. I don't make the rules. So sorry, D. You're in that slot. There you go. All right. Number four, I have Katura. I just think that she'll be on the outs of sort of the remaining survivors in the game here. Uh, I think she'll be perceived as a threat. She's a lawyer. Maybe sort of more of her lawyerly skills will have come to the fore by this point. And people always get wary of the lawyers when you're heading into the final tribal and you can sort of um, speak your way into a sole survivor victory. But what am I saying? At this point, it'll be a uh, fire challenge anyway. So maybe I just don't think Katura will be good enough for fire. We'll see. What do you think, Kayla? Okay. I think at this four, the reason... I also have Katora. Um, The reason she gets to four is because my final rankings, I have two what I perceive to be power players and then two players that I think people will be happy to just take along and make fire. And so Katora is in that number four position. Savvy enough to get herself there. Um, not savvy enough to win the million. Got it. Okay. Well, why don't you walk us through your final three one by one and give us your reasoning. Final tribal. Okay. In the number three slot, I have Jake, um, the ultimate goat that you're literally just going to take because who's going to vote for Jake? Um, nobody. (laughs) I fully see this going that way. And he also was able to make a relationship with Jay, which makes me think he is someone who would be happy to be in relation with all the girls who I think will make it pretty far. And so I think he'll be in a little like pseudo alliance with the girls that will allow him to make it to the end. And they'll be like, sure, sure, sure. Um, We'll bring him to the end, but then he beats Katora in fire. Um, In the second spot, I have Austin because I feel like the Austins always make it to the final and then they never win. They never have the votes. <laughs> but I think he'll be that good that he'll be able to make it. Um, so I got to give him that number two position. He also just has way too many advantages right now. He's flying so under the radar. The fact that he's been able to give up so many votes and have it not matter is like amazing. And without tipping anybody off. Um, and also I had Julian D going or not Julian D. Yes, Julian D also going kind of far. So they would help propel him with their little alliance. And then in the number one spot, I have Kendra. She is just so... No, we are in the zany era of Survivor. Like your Gablers, your Jam Jams, like... The Survivor winner is always a little loony and I'm into it. I think Kendra's going to be our winner. She's... She's been amazing at challenges. I feel everyone likes her. Like, she is a lot, but no one's been like, mm, you know who's annoying? Kendra. And she has the spirit world on her side. She's our winner of Survivor Season 45. Wow. If you get that right, if Kendra <laughs> is the sole survivor, I mean, wow. Wow. Okay. Sole survivor, BB. <laughs> Bold picks. All right. 
In my number three spot, I have Julie. I think Julie uh, will sort of be brought, unfortunately, to the final tribal as a bit of a number. I find her savvy and kind and an important ally who probably won't get enough for credit for the way she scrapped and clawed her way to the end of this game. Number two, I have D. I think D has the fire and the competitive spirit to go quite far in this game. I think that she will be a bit of a mastermind of the all-women's alliance that I am forecasting uh, to sort of run the table this season uh, against the strong objections of Kayla. I love how you anticipated the fact that, like, these idiot men are going to think the women are going to make an alliance. And I was like, hold my beer. Uh, Hold on. And then my number one soul survivor is Kelly. And I got to say, I feel really good about the Kelly soul survivor pick. I think she has the correct temperament of a survivor winner where people will be like, she was in control. She wasn't making too much noise. She wasn't rocking boats, but she was thinking big thoughts. Everyone kind of liked her. She had the strategy. (laughs) Uh, And so I think Critical Care Kelly is going to go the distance and be our sole survivor. And I'll be rooting for her. Golly, golly knows. Um, It occurs to me, Kayla, we need to associate some stakes with. No, I can't watch any more Star Wars. Yeah, well, here's what I'm going to say. I say, I think we come back next episode having done a little thinking of what we want the stakes of this competition to be. And I'd also welcome input, of course, from the fans if you want to write in and share your ideas. Fans, please write in. Make it something reasonable. Nothing (laughs) that I wouldn't want to do. Kayla, make Kayla eat a bug. I think that's what's going to (laughs) happen. All right, folks. I actually well, would that be is... fine with eating a bug. <laughs> oh, okay. Sure. Like just one? But... I could eat that. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't <laughs> even talk about the stick bug, the real hero of this episode. The stick bug? Please put. Do we have show notes? We do have show notes. I'll put a gif to the stick bug in the show notes because it was so funny. Stick bug gif incoming, folks. Watch your feed. Okay, folks, well, that is going to be all from us this week. If you want to share your fire takes, shoot us an email at outwidowplayoutpod at gmail.com. We'd love to read those on the podcast. And if you're enjoying our show, spread the word. Tell a friend about us and rate us on your favorite podcasting app. We really appreciate it. We'll be back next Friday with a special Merge Madness edition of Triple O. But until then, the tribe has spoken, and so have we. Triple O, triple O, make it happen.